You are listening to Faithfully Feminine Radio. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, girlies. I am so excited to be back. I I hope that you are excited that I'm back. I got a couple of messages like, girl, ain't no podcast? No podcast this week? No podcast this week? And honestly, I'm loving it. I do have an excuse as to why I've been gone and I had to shift and pivot to talk about what we're going to talk about today. So welcome to Faithfully Feminine Radio. I'm your host, your favorite girl, Imani Bailey. This is where we talk about navigating womanhood with other people, with my experiences, with the Bible, with publications, and all types of things, y'all. And Oh, girl, y'all know I always start off with updates. So just to kind of update you all, if you've noticed, if you haven't noticed, I have not really been on my socials like that. I haven't been posting or really interacting with you all. The things that I have posted were kind of filmed a little while ago, honestly and truly. I just I, I wanted to fall off, but I didn't really want to fall off, fall off. But I did fell off. And I haven't posted a podcast episode in three weeks. And Typically, I do batch record these, and but I kind of got into the habit of actually talking to you all weekly, and it kind of became a little safe haven for me to sit down and to, to pray about these episodes, to outline these episodes, and to actually do this and publish these weekly. And then it all came to a battle. Um... <laughs> If you're new here, you're probably like, is it a battle girl? But I need for the folks that have been listening to this podcast, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't really look at as I get older, I don't really look at many things only in the physical world. Right. And um, my pastor at Union Church, shout out to Union Church, had talked about this in last Sunday's meeting. And although this is this is not the topic of the episode, the episode is about catastrophizing y'all. But. I, I do want to turn your attention to how sometimes you can be looking through your life with the wrong camera lens. And he talks about how, you know, I've, I've always been a creator. I've always been into making content. And even for people listening to this that are not like that, I'm pretty sure we've all seen a camera, like in some shape or form outside of the iPhone. I mean, an actual camera, actually a camera that has a body and a lens. And the body part is where it has the buttons and you can see on your screen, right? And the lens is the part that you can zoom in. It's the focal point. And lenses are interchangeable. And you can have a cheap camera and have a magnificent, expensive lens. But the camera, the body of the camera without the lens really doesn't mean much. You don't have to have an expensive camera to really succeed, right? And so I really feel like lately I've been in this space. I've been in this hard, catastrophizing space, this unsafe space, this suffocating space and I, I I've been feeling like there's almost no way out and I don't want to say no way out in the sense of like I feel stuck but I feel unsafe and I feel unheard and although I have a platform and although I have thousands of people who listen to me and interact with me and I'm so thankful for each and every one of y'all I, I used to have a YouTube channel and I would talk to five people right but Even in that sense, I was looking through the wrong lens of my life 
and catastrophizing and focusing on everything that has just been really, really hard for me. And this is, I want to say probably the second time, but really the first time in my life where I've been experiencing a lot of mental health. I don't even want to say issues, just a well, it is an issue, child. a lot of mental health stuff has been going on and I've been seeing it everywhere I know it's not just me I've been seeing the girlies talk about on Twitter I don't know if everyone's struggling because the economy or everyone's always been struggling and we just get to see it right because of social media I don't know maybe everybody just struggling so this episode is dedicated to all the girlies that are struggling currently in whatever shape or form and how we can navigate catastrophizing And I've talked a little bit about this in my distorted thinking episode where we went over the different types of distorted thinking. But today we're going to hone in on catastrophizing and I'm going to share with y'all my story and how I've been catastrophizing in this three weeks that I've been gone, right? So it all started out, (laughs) y'all, way back in the day, right? No, I'm not even going to do it. (laughs) But it all started out couple, uh, like a month ago, but it kind of got worse in these three weeks, which is why I'm gone. I've been experiencing an unsafe environment at work and a discriminatory environment at work. And work is somewhere where a lot of us, if you're not just an entrepreneur, right? It's where we spend a lot of our time. Work is essentially our life almost. And although it's not like your entire life, but you spend like eight hours, you spend 40 hours a week to 60 hours a week, depending on what type of work you do, right? If it's medical or some, some of my girlies, they work in 12 hour shifts in the hospital. We're typically living at work eight hours a day of your 24 hours and then eight hours to 10, eight to nine hours of sleep. Work consumes our lives. And so recently I've been in this unsafe, well, I've always been in this unsafe environment with work, but recently it's gotten even worse. And it kind of has been consuming my entire life to where I'm not able to thrive in pure chaos. There's no thriving in hell. And I've been going through hell here on earth. (laughs) And so other things that I have not been able to focus on outside of the podcast and the things that I want to do and to keep you all in the loop. But I've also been like dropping my friend relationships. Like I haven't even been a good friend, I feel like, to my friends because I've just been in this unsafe space. Now, I don't know much about like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but I do know safety is on there. And so it's caused me to not only drop the ball with certain things, it's also caused me to catastrophize about what happens if they fire me or if they win or if they continue doing this. Like, what is going to be the end result here? Like, how am I going to protect myself? But I haven't even been thinking about protecting myself. I've just been thinking about, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be under a bridge somewhere. I moved here. I have no family. Like, this this literally, y'all, one day, it went from something happening at work to 
I was like, okay, well, I'm going to be living under a bridge and homeless. And I moved here with no family. And my parents are going to be like, where is she at? And all my furniture is going to be out on the street. And then I might have to go to the strip club to get some money. Or I might actually have to go back to being a bottle girl. Like, my mind was just spiraling, y'all. Out of control. How did we end up to me having to be a, a, a stripper? Like, that quick. <laughs> that quick. I'm laughing because now looking back, I was talking to my friend. She was like, basically, pull yourself together, girl. You're not going to be on the side of the street. You will be okay. She literally said the words, you will be okay, to me like 50 times. And I had to keep telling myself that. And so today, that is the driving topic. You will be okay. Catastrophizing. Catastrophizing is a cognitive distortion where we can imagine the worst case scenario in any given situation. My example was work. It can lead to an increase of stress, anxiety, and overall negative thinking patterns. This is from Psychology Today. But fear not, because today's episode, we're going to unravel the mysteries of catastrophizing, understanding why our brains tend to do this, and most importantly, learn how to manage it and mitigate it. Catastrophizing is thought pattern, keyword, pattern, where an individual magnifies and exaggerates the negative aspects of a situation while minimizing or ignoring any positive elements. This leads to them believing the worst possible outcome is not only likely, but inevitable. For an example, someone can think, I made a mistake at work, so I'm definitely going to get fired, and then I'll lose my home, and then my life will be ruined. Now, mine is kind of like that, but it's not really like I made a mistake at work. It's I'm going through discrimination at work. They're going to somehow manage to fire me because they've been doing this to push me out. And then I'm going to be homeless. Now, all of my stuff is going to be on the street. Then I'll be under a bridge, and I might have to go to the strip club, but I don't necessarily believe in the strip club. You, you see how this goes? Yeah. So why do we catastrophize? Now, there's two answers to this in which I came up with. <laughs> One of them, well, I didn't come up with the answers. God really revealed to me the answer. One of them. And one of them is our distrust in the Lord when things go wrong or when things don't happen as we planned it to or as we expected them to we don't trust in the Lord because really and honestly I could sit here and say if I truly trusted God I wouldn't say I would have to go to the strip club to provide for myself because it's all throughout the Bible that God is Jehovah Jireh he provides all that we need it's already written he's the same yesterday today tomorrow and forever and it's easy to understand that when things are going well, but when things are going a way in which we don't see an out, a way in which we see and we feel unsafe and we don't have the answer, do we turn to God and say, well, he's going to provide either way, everything's going to be okay? Or is it, oh my gosh, I got to start OnlyFans, I got to be a stripper, I'm going to have to be on the blog selling food, isn't it? By the way, did y'all watch Top Boy? 
if you haven't watched Dot Boy, you definitely have to watch it. They just wrapped up the series finale, y'all, Netflix. But that's one answer, and that's one way to answer it. Another way is that, well, it's kind of the same way, is that it's a survival mechanism. <laughs> it really is. Catastrophizing can be as seen as a cognitive defense mechanism in some ways. Our brains are wired to detect potential threats and protect us from harm. It's just natural human behavior. However, in the modern world, this, mechaniz- this mechanism can sometimes go and cause us to see threats where there aren't necessary threats. It can also be influenced by, of course, dun, 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 past trauma. And it doesn't necessarily have to be like childhood trauma. It could be adolescent trauma. It could be adult trauma, any type of trauma, anxiety disorders, and other factors. So our minds are trying to protect us, but sometimes our minds end up causing more harm than good. Some of the consequences of catastrophizing. It's not harmless because when you start focusing on negative things, think about this from a holistic perspective. When you're looking through the camera lens of a negative life, a negative lifestyle, and you're seeing threats that aren't necessarily there, and then catastrophizing it and making it worse, right? Blowing it out of proportion in a sense. It can cause your body harm, your mental harm. And it can have real consequences to our mental and also our physical health. I've been experiencing this mentally and actually physically. And so we're going to talk about some of those consequences too. And then we're going to get into some strategies and how to mitigate this. It can lead to chronic stress, of course, and anxiety, which in turn can impact our physical health. We all know a lot of stress and anxiety can in turn impact physical health. It can also lead to avoidant behaviors where people start avoiding situations that they feel will result in a catastrophe. As of right now, when it comes to stress and anxiety, we talked a little bit about this, but I think I may have a whole episode dedicated to this. You can come into things like panic attacks. Y'all, I've been experiencing thing, I've been experiencing panic attacks in these past three weeks to where I feel like I can't even control my body. My mind is driving my body. And Sarah Drake's Roberts talked a little bit about the body and how our body can be a warning signal and a, and a powerhouse, right? Our body is a temple. Our body warns us of certain things. But when you are not operating in the correct and healthy mental state, sometimes your mind can drive your body to do certain things and to become panic and tense and have things like an elevated heart rate. There's no reason why my heart rate is at 101 beats per minute and I'm sitting down, right? Elevated heart rate, feeling chest pains, feeling like I'm about to have a heart attack, sweating, nauseous, vomiting, upset stomach, like the whole <laughs> Pepto-Bismo commercial. But honestly and truly, these are certain things that can happen to you physically while you're going under this, this stress and anxiety from this catastrophe or catastrophizing. Also, when we avoid certain things because we think that it's going to end in a catastrophe, I could speak to relationships because that's the easy thing to speak about because relationships are all around us, whether it's friendships or romantic partnerships, business partnerships, network, whatever, right? If I think and catastrophize about making new friends and if I upset my friend, then I'm never going to have a friend, then I'm going to be a bad friend and they're going to make a video about me because I have a platform and then everyone hates me. I've definitely catastrophized about this before, if you can tell. It's going to cause me to avoid meeting people. In making new friends, which is not good because new friends brings community and community 
can bring peace and not only bring peace, hold you accountable. You see how this is a domino effect. So this can also limit my opportunities and my overall quality of life. It's not just about negative thinking. It can affect our actions and our decisions as well. It can be paralyzing and prevent us from necessary risk or even seeking help when needed. Now we're going to go into a couple of strategies that have helped me and a couple of strategies that are said to help with managing catastrophizing. One very effective approach is practicing mindfulness and staying in the present moment. This can help us ground ourselves and reduce anxious thoughts about the future. So I also even got into therapy. You know, I'm a huge advocate for therapy and cognitive behavioral therapy is a therapy that I started off with. There are techniques such as cognitive restructuring, and it can also be incredibly helpful and challenging and and changing catastrophic. Come on now, girl. Me and this world just don't get along. Challenging and changing catastrophic thought patterns. There we go. (laughs) So mindfulness and cognitive behavioral therapy can be powerful tools in rewiring your thought process. And we're going to break this down even further. So CBT, we just talked about cognitive behavioral therapy in which I was in. Well, now I'm in again, child, but... I started off in it and I honestly didn't really do my research when I had joined therapy. I was just like, this is bad. I need to talk to somebody. And I I ended up talking to the right person, right? But I'm going to read to y'all what cognitive behavioral therapy actually is. And this is according to American Psychology. Cognitive behavioral therapy is a form of psychologic treatment that has been demonstrated to be effective for a range of problems, including depression, anxiety, alcohol and drug use problems, marital problems, eating disorders, severe mental illness. Numerous research studies suggest that CBT leads to significant improvement in functioning and the quality of life. In studies, CBT has demonstrated that it is effective or more effective than other forms of psychological therapy or psychiatric medications. It is important to emphasize that advances in CBT have been made on all bases of both research and clinical practice. Indeed, CBT is an, is an approach for which there is an ample scientific evidence that methods have been developed actually produce change. There are seven core principles. First, psychological problems are based in part on faulty or unhelpful ways of thinking. We just went over that. Two, psychological problems are based in part on learned patterns of unhelpful behavior. Three, people suffering from psychological patterns can learn better ways of coping with them, thereby relieving their symptoms and becoming more effective in their lives. CBT treatment usually involves efforts to change thinking patterns. These strategies might include learning to recognize one distortions in thinking that are creating problems and then reevaluate them in the light of reality, gaining a better understanding of the behavior and motivation of others, three, using problem-solving skills to cope with difficult situations, four, learning to develop a greater sense of confidence in one, one's own abilities. CBT treatment also involves efforts to change behavioral patterns. These strategies may include, one, facing one's fears instead of avoiding them, two, using role-playing to prepare for potential problematic interactions with others, three, learning to calm one's mind and relax one's bodies. 
not all CBT will use all of these strategies. Rather, the psychologist and patient slash client work together in a collaborative fashion to develop an understanding of the problem and develop a treatment strategy. CBT places an emphasis on helping individuals learn their own therapist, though through exercises in these sessions as well as homework exercises outside of these sessions. Patients slash clients are helped to develop coping skills where they can learn to change their own thinking, problematic emotions, and behavior. CBT therapists emphasize what's going on in the person's current life, whether what has led up to their difficulties. Now, this is a major one right here. I've often talked about things that have gone on in the past, right? Now, there's different types of therapy, but CBT focuses on the now, the present moment, right? A certain amount of information about one's history is needed, but the focus is primarily on moving forward in time to develop more effective ways of coping with life. When I started therapy, I didn't even know about my distorted thought patterns and my problematic ways of solving them, right? I only knew what I only knew, and that was maybe I need to talk to somebody. Now, what I really wanted to learn was how my past has shaped how I acted now, just because I'm really of a, I'm much of a thinker, right? But that is not cognitive behavioral therapy. We are really addressing the now. So if there's anything that you are catastrophizing with, or this is speaking to you, also, I highly encourage you to go back to the episodes in which I was talking about the 11 distorted thinking patterns that people, many people possessed. This is only one of them, but it's something that I've experienced in the past three weeks I've been gone, and I do feel like I owe you all an apology because we are friends here, and if not anything, I really hope and pray that you all have learned something new from this um, this episode. I do also want to talk about, before we really wrap things up, not only did I get into CBT, Uh, and um, learning how to problem solve. Not everybody has the tools for therapy in which I do understand. So there are other things that I've done. One of them, which is actually pretty, it's pretty good. And I, I do recommend anyone who's listening to this episode to stop what they're doing and go and do this. So what I do is an hour before bed, and it's been two weeks and counting, and I still haven't reached an hour before bed, but we're going to get there, right? Small victories, you have to celebrate the small victories. An hour before bed, Get off of your phone, your iPad, your computer. No screen time. So if you know you're going to bed at 11, the phone is a no-no at 10. And I know some people have children or whatever, so you, you might have to look at your phone every now and then. But no aimless scrolling on your phone. I went and I bought a journal. I bought something that was cute, something that had a positive message on, front of, on the front of it. Again, it might seem something like something small, but when you buy something and create a space that feels good, you're inevitably going to feel good. Just like when you're in a space that feels unsafe, you're not going to feel the safest, right? So I bought a journal from Target that is super, super cute. I'll probably read to y'all what's on the front of it in the next episode. And that is my best case scenario slash gratitude journal. So every night I write down all the catastrophizing thoughts that have been in my head for that day. I write down best case scenario, literally best case scenario for today's problem. And I put that down. And then underneath, I put down my thank you. I I put thank you, God, 
but it's really gratitude. Thank you, God. And I write down everything that I'm thankful for that day. And it can be something very small. I I feel like when we talk about the things that we're thankful for, it's usually like, I'm thankful for my house. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my health, right? And which we are thankful for. But I even wrote for an example yesterday. I ran out of body wash. And I was like, dang it. I got to go to Target and get a body wash. So two days ago, I was running low on the body wash. I went to one Target. Y'all, they didn't have my body wash. They didn't have the Natrium body wash. Y'all know I love the Natrium body wash. And so I went to another Target yesterday, and they had it in stock. And it's usually sold out. So I put that on my list. Like, thank you, God, for allowing me to, one, be able to afford this, but allowing me to go to Target, and they actually have it in stock. You provided me what I needed, what I really wanted. And so I was very thankful for that. Even one time I wrote down, Chick-fil-A had gave me an extra nugget. Like, you know, your girl is a hungry, hungry girl. Like, thank you, Chick-fil-A, for miscounting and giving me an extra nugget. And although that might seem something like something so small, it encourages you to think about even the smallest things in life. There is always something to be thankful for. So best case scenario journal is a great way to not only focus and catastrophize about the bad things, but it makes you point out the good things that have happened and the good things that are are to come because God offers us promises. So that is one thing that I do want you all to take away. The second thing I practice is mindfulness and repeating affirmations. The worldly people like to call it affirmation child, but really it's just repeating God's promises. And if you forget God's promises, because there's like, I don't know, 300, it's probably even more 300 promises in the Bible. There's so many, but I remind myself of God's promises to me. God is Jehovah Jireh. He will provide, even if it is just saying those couple of words over and over and over again, that affirmation will soothe you and calm you down from catastrophizing. Even if it is, you will be okay. You will be okay. Repeating those affirmations. And then the third one sounds cliche, but it's not. I promise you all, I start to get the worst mental state when I'm doing the most unhealthiest things. If I'm not working out, if I'm not eating the correct foods, this is where this really seeps in. And it's almost like a a rat trap or something, right? It's like you feel bad, you continue to do bad things. It's just, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's human nature, who knows? But the third thing I do is take walks out in nature, work out, and even eat fruit. Something, I don't know, maybe there's something scientific about it. I didn't have time to research it. But something about eating fruit, natural sugars, instead of processed sugars, like ice creams, cookies, and cakes, in which I do love because I have a bad sweet tooth. But eating fruit, eating healthy food, and being in nature calms down your nervous system, calms down your body, and can help with these negative thought patterns. So I love you all so much. I hope you all share this with a friend, and I will see y'all in the next video. Podcast child, I will see y'all in the next podcast.